So today is a very happy feast day, as we said. It's the feast, it's the Epiphany, Feast of the Epiphany. It also has a lot of other names that today goes by. You know, the Feast of the Three Kings, the Feast of the Three Wise Men, Feast of the Magi. It's all the same thing. It's all the same meaning. That's what we're celebrating today, the Epiphany of the Lord. Uh, it's also the very last day of our Christmas season. It's, uh, it's the, the 12th day of Christmas, just like the song, the 12 days of Christmas. Well, today is the 12th day. You start from the day after Christmas, December 26th, until today, it is 12 days. And so today marks the final day of uh, the Christmas season. Tomorrow, we're back into, well, we're back into ordinary time after celebrating the baptism of the Lord. And so after that, the, the green chasubles and all the green colors will come back and the Christmas decorations will go away. But no need to be sad because ordinary time is a pretty short one this year. Uh, as I said, back on Christmas, Lent and Easter is going to be here just before you know it. Actually, we're only six weeks away from Ash Wednesday, believe it or not. So time really, really is going quickly. Ash Wednesday this year, by the way, the first day of Lent is on February 14th, which is Valentine's Day. So easy for you to remember that, right? You know what day you have to come back to church, right? February 14th for Ash Wednesday. Uh, but we won't get too far, about our, too far ahead of ourselves. It's still Christmas, so let's talk about Christmas before we get to Easter, right? And as we said today, there's a lot of, it's a very special day because there's a lot of traditions and a lot of things often associated with the three wise men in this feast of the Epiphany, the three kings. I remember when I was younger, we always had the tradition on the feast of the Epiphany of, uh, with the chalk and blessing the doorways at the entrance to your homes. Have you heard about this? You know about this? Yes? Uh, you know, that's sort of the tradition that's done in a lot of places today is above uh, the main entrance to your home with a piece of chalk is where you write certain letters and numbers. So you would write two zero and then a cross and then the letters uh, CMB and then another cross and then the number 24. So the two zero and the two four represent this year, 2024. And CMB, for me, that was always told, that's the traditional, the names of the three wise men, right? Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. Uh, when I first started my, my missionary trip in China, nobody had ever heard of this, of the chalk and writing this above the, the doorways. And so I introduced it to them. And now it seems like everybody in Hong Kong does it. So I'll take credit for bringing that tradition <laughs> to China. I was a little bit nervous. Uh, I didn't know if it was a tradition that we had here at Holy Family, but um, before the Mass, I was so, so happy to hear that actually um, we do do this here. And in fact, uh, thanks to our ladies, to the Council of Catholic Women here at the church, they've prepared bags for all of you to take that have a piece of blessed chalk inside of it, along with a little sheet of instructions that tell you what you should write and where you should write it. Um, and so on your way out, you can take a piece of chalk, like we said, has already been blessed, and you can take it and you can do this tradition of writing above your doorways. I was thinking, well, we, we give a lot of gifts out here. We two, remember two weeks ago, we gave the books on the Eucharist for Christmas. Last week, everybody got calendars. This week's you're getting chalk, right? It's a, it's a, we're going to have to encourage more people to come. Tell your friends. You get free stuff if you come to Holy Family, right? right? I mean, that's not the only reason to come to church, right? But it, it helps. Every little bit helps, right? Absolutely. Uh, but of these traditions and sort of the stories we remember of the three kings, the three wise men, another thing I always did growing up that I remember is, well, first off, in terms of the manger, in terms of the, the manger scene, is 
At home, my family, we never put Jesus in the manger until Christmas, right? We kept that creche open, and then Christmas is when we would put Jesus in there. And then after Christmas, we would take the statues of the three wise men, of the Magi, and we would put, well, first we had to figure out where was east, and then we would put them a little bit further away from the manger. And then every day, step by step, they would get closer and closer, right? Do you do this? Have you heard of this? Yeah, it's not just us. Okay, good. And then finally, on today, on the Feast of the Epiphany, then the three wise men would make it to the manger, as you see here in our scene. Funny story, true story, is that uh, uh, last night as we were setting up the scene for uh, today's mass, we couldn't find the statue of the three wise men anywhere. You know, with all the renovations we're doing in, in the hall and next door, we had no idea where they were. So it was Father Tom who came to the rescue. At 10 o'clock last night, he texted us, I found the statues, I found the statues. And he put the three wise men over at the manger. So for a minute, I told Father Tom, I said, me, you, Father Tom, and Father Martin, the three of us are going to have to stand there. We'll be the three wise men, right? So <laughs> thankfully, we don't have to do that yet. Uh, Somebody this morning said, no, fathers, you wouldn't be the three wise men. You'd be the three wise guys. I said, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, real funny, real funny, real funny. But they're here. They've made it. <laughs> so our, our statue and our, 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 our manger scene is complete. Of course, as we know, when the three wise men came to the manger, when they came to visit uh, the baby Jesus, they brought with them gifts, right? And we heard it. Uh, they brought gifts in three. They brought three gifts. We like the number three a lot in our church, right? The three persons of the Trinity, the three wise men. That's what our tradition says. We don't know if there were actually three magi, three wise men. There might have been a lot more. Who knows? There might have been less. Probably not less, but we don't know exactly three. But that's what our tradition is because we know that there were three gifts. And each gift has a very, very specific, it has a very symbolic meaning that meant a lot for Christ at the time, and it means a lot for us today. And so we can look at these gifts that they brought to, to the baby Jesus and see what meaning did they have, and what meaning do they have for us today. One of the Magi brought the gift of frankincense, right, of incense. That was one of the gifts that was brought. And incense represents holiness, it represents honoring, it represents the priesthood, it represents heaven, you know, as you know, we use incense sometimes in our church. We use it in our masses. Um, the smoke that rises up from the incense rises up to heaven along with our prayers. That's kind of the symbolism of the smoke. Um, we use smoke a lot in our church. When there's an election of a new pope, the smoke rises up to heaven. In our church, the incense rises up into heaven. And it has a very, very strong smell to it as well, right? You can smell incense. You know when incense is being used in the church. And that smell... And when we use it, when we, when we incense the gifts at Mass and we incense the altar at the Mass, all of those things really make this space sacred. It makes it very holy. Now, like I said, you can sometimes really, really smell the incense very strongly, and so that's a very, very strong key that, okay, this has a very special meaning. There's something we're supposed to pay attention. If you smell incense when you walk into a church, you know that it's a very, very holy place simply because of what your senses can sense. And so that's one of the reasons why incense was brought as one of the gifts to Christ. It wasn't because it smells really, really strongly. It wasn't like somebody said once. It wasn't, you know, to cover up the smell of baby Jesus's dirty diapers. No, the incense was not, it didn't have that purpose. The incense symbolizes the kingdom. It symbolizes the priesthood. It symbolizes that this is God, that this is a holy place. This is a holy person who has come to earth. And in fact, as we know today, it's God himself. Myrrh is brought as the second gift. And myrrh, as you might know, is, is a very bitter 
perfume, and it's what was used in the funeral rites. It's what was used in burial. It was a, a, a perfume that was used in the rites of the burial, which when you hear that, it may sound like kind of a strange gift to bring to the newborn Jesus, right? I mean, I don't think any of us would, you know, somebody has a baby and you say, well, here's a gift. It's, it's you know, perfume you can use at that burial. You know, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily sound right. But again, as had been prophesied by the prophets, we knew, they knew, the prophets knew that the Christ, the Messiah, would suffer greatly. Isaiah referred to the suffering servant. They knew that the Messiah must suffer greatly and thus come into this generation. That myrrh, that symbolism of death, reminds us here today of the suffering, of the death that Jesus Christ himself endured, in fact, had to endure, so that he could rise and defeat sin and defeat death once and for all. So that myrrh had a very special meaning. And then the first gift, of course, gold, which definitely carries a very special meaning. Gold representing the kingship, representing royalty, jewels, right? It's that honor that's given to Christ, recognizing him as the king. It's also what made King Herod, very scared, right? It's what we just heard in the gospel, and even just now reading it, it's kind of stuck out to me again, the way it's written in the gospel. When King Herod saw the star, or heard about the star, and heard about the birth of this new king, he was really, really scared. He was terrified. In fact, the way the scripture says is that Herod was deeply troubled, and with him, all of Jerusalem. You had all of Jerusalem and King Herod terrified, scared of a baby, <laughs> a baby who was born in a manger in a faraway place. They were terrified. He was scared. Why? Because this was a threat to his power, right? Here was Herod, who was a king. He had all the jewels and the riches and the gold for himself, but uh-oh, the king, a new king is coming now who was prophesied to be the leader, and he thought, oh boy, I have to do something about this or I'm going to lose my job. And so what did he do? He sent out an order that all children, all baby boys under two years of age be killed, be slaughtered. And that's what happened, the slaughter of the innocents. But the Magi, when they brought this gold to Jesus, and in so recognizing his kingship, they were told, they were advised in a dream to not go back to Herod, to go back a different way. And so they did. As it turns out, Herod's fears about Jesus in some ways, at least in terms of the earthly manifestation, were not really truly realized. Because we know, now we know this today because we look back on hindsight, that Jesus' kingdom was not on earth, right? Jesus' intention was not to overthrow Herod and create this new, this becoming this, this king, at least in the eyes of the earth. Um, but there was that fear, there was that, 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 that trepidation that caused him to not have his eyes open and see what was happening. So Jesus, in receiving these gifts from the Magi, received the gifts of the priest, the incense, received the gifts of the prophet, of his death and resurrection in the myrrh, and received the gifts of his kingdom in the gold. Well, every one of us, and I think this is the big message of the Feast of Epiphany, we share in these same gifts here today. Every one of us, by nature of our baptism, is a priest, is a prophet, and is a king or a queen, right? by nature of our baptism. When we're baptized and when we're anointed, we're baptized as a priest, as a prophet, and a king. Now myself, and Father Thaddeus, and Father Martin, and Father Thomas, we are priests, but we're priests in a unique way. We've been ordained and, and, and priests and to, to, to bring Christ through the sacrifice, but all of us share in this priesthood. All of us have the mission, again, by nature of our baptism, to make Christ known into the world. 
we are called in the same way to offer sacrifice, just as we priests, priests offer sacrifice at the altar, we too make sacrifices in the name of Jesus. We live out our priesthood, and we're called to do the same thing, and today is a good reminder of that. We are all also prophets. We are called to be prophets, as we said at the beginning in the opening prayer of Mass, to share the good news, to share the message of God, and bring our friends and our neighbors and our families to church, and to talk about our faith, and to not be afraid to share what it is that we believe. This gift of prophecy comes about, again, by nature of our baptism. The same thing the gifts of the Magi represented we receive today, the gift of being prophets. And we are all kings and queens as well. We are all leaders. Now, in order to be a king or a queen, what do you need? Well, you need, you need subjects, right? You need people who are going to listen to you. You need armies who are going to fight for you. And the good thing is we all have this. We all have this. We all have a common enemy as well, that as the ruler, we are called to fight against. Our enemy, of course, is evil. Our enemy, of course, is Satan. And our subjects, those who have to listen to us, those who we have power over, are nothing less than our sins and our own temptations, right? This is what Jesus told us, is that sin shall no longer have power over you, right? And by virtue of our baptism, by virtue of us being kings and queens, we have the power over our sins and over our own temptations. And sometimes we get this backwards, right? Sometimes we're doing something, or sometimes, if you're like me, you're driving on the road, and somebody cuts in front of you, and you get a very, very angry thought, and that temptation and that that inclination to sin or to say a bad thing comes to your mind right away, and we just give into that too easily. Well, today we're reminded that, no, no, that sin, that bad thought, it doesn't, you don't work for it. It works for you, okay? You're the leader. You are the king. You are the queen. And our job is to tell that voice, tell that voice of the devil, tell that sin, that temptation, be quiet. I'm not going to listen to you today. I'm in charge, not you. And if we can get to the point where we can say this to our own temptations, when our mind starts creating these worries and these fears about, oh, you have to do this. You better speak up. You better do this bad thing. Otherwise, something's not going to happen. You have the power as a king and a queen over your sins to say, sit down. I'm not listening to you right now. I'm in charge here, not you. And if we can really grasp that power over sin that Christ gives to us, that Christ tells us we have, that's when we come to achieve salvation. That's when we come to achieve reconciliation. So as we continue on here with our Mass, and as we continue on through the end of this season, a few things to keep in mind. One is that while this is the last official day of the Christmas season, remember Christmas doesn't have to end. At least the things we learned at Christmas, and at least the spirit of Christmas, the love and the warmth and the light of Christ, those things that we gather, family, those things that come to us, those feelings that have come to us over these past weeks of Christmas, we're called to continue to bring them out to the world. We're called to continue to be priests and prophets and kings in our own lives. And we're called to continue to, like the Magi, bring our gifts to the Lord, give our homage and our praise and thanksgiving to Christ, who is our King. Okay? So I'm going to say to all of you, for the very last time, at least for a little while, Merry Christmas once again. Thank you. And I hope all of you continue to keep the spirit of the Christmas season alive. Continue to praise God. Continue to live, to work together. Have dominion and control over your sins. And most of all, be the light of hope. Be the beacon of peace throughout the world. We do this through the prayers uh, that we make through the intercession of the saints, the Blessed Mother, and most of all, with the grace and the help of God. Okay? Merry Christmas to you all. Let's continue with our Mass. Amen. <laughs>